Hello, listeners and citizens of Broncos country. My name is Adan Diaz, and welcome to another episode of Broncos Talk. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about today, folks, because, you know, it's as I was writing my notes and, you know, trying to figure out, trying to find some positive to talk about on, on today's podcast episode, I found myself to struggle a little bit more than I normally do. And that's simply for the fact that every time we seem to build up a little bit of steam, it's like something happens where we take two steps forward and one giant leap backwards. And as I try to dissect what the problem is, I mean, and I think I have it, I listen to another podcast or, you know, other fellow Bron- Broncos fans out there and they bring up other good points, which kind of contradicts what I had in mind. So I have to scratch that off and then, you know, rethink what I think. And it just, I feel myself taking one step fo- backwards every time I thought I took two forward, you know, and in, in terms of this game, it, it just took the air out of, it's like getting punched in the chest without you not even knowing it and then just being completely out of air you know and you're struggling to breathe that's what this game felt like to me because this was supposed to be the game where even if Denver doesn't win they were supposed to go out there and show that they can you know that they've improved and that they can be you know that up and coming team that everybody you know had hyped us up to be but instead I mean, aside from the uh, the defense who just played fantastic football, the offense just went out there and, and just laid a giant egg. And special teams <laughs> let them take that egg, and the Chiefs just ran all the way to the fucking end zone with it. Because, well, let, let's start off. Let me just start off by saying that I don't know why Tom McMahon is still on this fucking team. You know, and and we. Sh- and we were pissed off when we had Brock Olivo as our special teams coordinator a couple years ago. And we thought that was bad. And Tom McMahon just came in and said, hey, hold my beer and just made it even worse. And if that play from from uh, from what's his name? Pringle doesn't solidify Tom McMahon's current status and this team. I don't know what will. It, it was just outright dreadful. And. But going back to what I was saying about, you know, instead of showing progression, we showed offensively regression. We were, it was kind of like a throwback game, but instead of the throwback awesome defense, we went back to the throwback, you know, awful offense that we've had over the last couple of years since the retirement of one Peyton Manning. And it, it just, it sucks for me to even have to say that because... I'm a big believer in in Drew Locke. I think this kid has it. And unfortunately, he doesn't have the same amount of... I don't even know if you want to say it luck, but the same amount of, let's just say, path that the current rookies have, like Joe Burrow or um, Justin Herbert. Now, mind you, Justin Herbert is only playing because of the fact that uh, Tyrod Taylor got hurt. And otherwise... You know, Justin Herbert's not even in this conversation. And Joe Burrow, he's shown some flashes, but unfortunately he hasn't been able to pull any uh, any any wins. 
aside from I think what they've only won, won one game so aside from that but I expect a lot more from Julak unfortunately Julak has had a lot of setbacks he hasn't had a full-time start like most rookies have over the last let's say two years like Patrick Mahomes or uh, Lamar Jackson he every time it seems that he builds up momentum or that you know he gets hyped up he gets hurt you know last year in the preseason it was his thumb and it was just uh, you can't really blame that on on Drew Lock because it was just the coaching choice of putting him on IR that kind of made it worse for him but at the same time it gave him a chance to get a virtual feel of how you know being a quarterback in the NFL will be because he was doing that virtual reality thing and that helped him out a lot but it, and then this time when he got hurt against uh, the Steelers you kind of you kind of have to I don't know I don't know if maybe he's not a hundred percent yet from his shoulder injury and you know hopefully that's not the case and he's forcing himself to play because that would that would totally suck and that would probably make things worse going forward but I I don't think that's the case although a part of me on Sunday wanted to say like oh well you know Drew Lack's not 100% that's why he's he's playing the way he is but unfortunately that that's not true the offense I mean under Pat Shermer has not been that great and they haven't been as great as I thought they they would be especially since I gave them a lot of credit before the start of the season and I mean, if you really think about it, it's almost looking like what we had with Scangarello last year where the offense was just, it was just dreadful. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't doing anything. And that was with Joe Flacco and then, you know, later on Brandon Allen and then Drew Locke down the stretch. But this offense is, it's even looking like it's going in the opposite direction of what the offense was last year. Because at least the offense last year, while it wasn't great, at least they showed flashes of, you know, of, you know, that, you know, the, the best is yet to come. Whereas this, in this game, it was just like, okay, I don't know what happened uh, before, but it, it's not, it's, it's sputtering. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's sputtering. And it, it just, as a Broncos fan, it just hurts. It hurts to see Drew Locke throw off the back of his foot and throw a pick six. It hurts to see Melvin Gordon fumble the ball while he's being taken down and not secure it properly. It hurts watching Melvin Gordon do a flea flicker and flick the ball over Drew Locke's fucking head and almost right into the hands of the uh, opposing team. And it sucks, and it hurts, I should say watching Pringle run damn near in the middle of the field by himself past every single Broncos player on that field and it's like they moved out of his way and ran straight for a hundred and something yard touchdown and it sucks even more that the defense went out there and they played probably one of the best games against Patrick Mahomes in terms of you know not letting Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey three guys that have killed the Broncos over the past over the past couple of seasons and just they 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 could have went home you could have sent Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey and all those guys you could have thrown out the second and third string offense and they would have won that game 
by just how bad. And they almost, and you know, to add insult to injury, Chad Henney scores a fucking touchdown in garbage time because of a, a, a flag of unsportsmanlike on Shelby Harris. So, I mean, it, it's just, I can, I almost picture myself in that locker room and I can just see, I, I imagine just everybody pointing fingers at everybody, you know, it's, it's your fault, Drew, for throwing a pick. It's your fault, Melvin, for fumbling the ball or for throwing a high pitch. It's your fault, Tom McMahon, and special teams for letting Pringle run damn near un- untouched. And it's like the defense is just sitting on the other side of the room, you know, just shaking their heads like, hey, guys, you know, you, the fuck are you guys doing? You know, this isn't this isn't this isn't what we signed up for. And I, I I totally am in favor of, you know, Bradley Chubb going out there and trying to be that, you, you know, that fire that's missing without Von Miller and, you know, trying to, he got in people's faces and, you know, and he's fired up and he more than as well should be. The whole thing with Shelby Harris and, and, and Vic Fangio, that seemed more like a more personal thing than, you know, in, in terms of, I don't even know what's the, what's the word I'm looking for, but. That was more of a personal issue than, uh, uh, you know, team-wise. But unfortunately, that's what you normally see when with players when their team is getting blown out. Is you just see frustration builds up and uh, penalties usually ensue. And unfortunately, uh, but on on one hand, I don't blame Shelby. I understand where he was coming from and you know just being frustrated. That the defense had to keep going out there and had to keep trying to to be the, the turnaround guys that, you know, the Broncos defense has always been known to be. The only thing the defense did wrong, or, or not great, I should say, was, well, there's actually two. The first one was on, I believe it was Justin Simmons, who couldn't take, who couldn't take down uh, Tyreek Hill and just let Tyreek Hill one-hand his way into uh, the end zone. And then the other one was the three or four Broncos players who couldn't tackle Clyde Zelaire and just almost let him run into the end zone for a touchdown. But other than that, the defense played great. They got to Patrick Mahomes. They kept him to, I think it was just under 200 yards, if, if not that, and only one touchdown. So, and, and even in, in shitty weather conditions with the snow and the cold, I was expecting the defense to struggle more than the offense, to be honest with you. But unfortunately, it was the other way around. And this this also brings into question about, you know, people automatically calling for Drew Locke's head, saying Drew Locke sucks. He's not, um, you know, he's, he's not the franchise quarterback that John Elway uh, pictured him to be. Uh, he's not like Herbert. He's not like Burrow. He's not like. I don't even want to say Minshew because Minshew's playing like shit right now. Um, but the thing about being a, what do they call it? A coach couch is the fact that and that just, it, it sucks. I mean, if you're going to criticize, at least be um, what's the, what's the I, I get confused in my own head. At least be rational about it you know saying Denver has walked through the the quarterback carousel for so long and 
for you to go and say, you know, drop Julak or go with the backup in, in with Rippin or, or Driscoll, that, that, that that's not the answer. You, you don't want to go back to the, the quarterback carousel or the desert or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You want to have faith in the guy you spent the draft pick for. And unfortunately, people can't seem to do that. They can't seem to be behind the man who's trying his best, who still hasn't played an entire NFL football season like the other rookies that they keep mentioning have. And the thing that I think hurts this team the most or did hurt the most in the offseason was the firing of uh, Scangrello. And at first, I was kind of doubtful. I, I was doubting myself. I was like, you know, thinking to myself, I hope I'm wrong about thinking that. But unfortunately, I wasn't. And towards the end of the season last year, you know, Skangs and, and, and Locke, they were having some chemistry together. If you saw the wins, they piled up and they, they almost came back in that game against Kansas City in the snow. And, you know, they pulled that upset against the Raiders to, to end the season last year. And I was, I'm really trying to give Pat Shermer the benefit of the doubt in, in saying like, you know, he, this, this offense needs time. They're still young. They don't have their number one wide receiver, which is true. They don't in Curlin, in Curlin, <laughs> Corden Sutton. But this was a game that the offense needed to go out there and say, Hey, we're, we're, we're still, you know, we're coming. Like we're coming along, we're not, we're far from perfect, obviously, but you know we're we're making strides. And in that in that in that Chiefs game, the Broncos just the, the offense at least took one giant step backwards. And this, and uh, in this presser, Drew Lock says like you, you know he can he can be better and he will be better. And I'm actually holding him to that because it's pretty obvious that we can't keep doing what what was been been tried the last five years and that's you know always hoping for the defense to get an interception or cause a fumble or you know get a turnover of some sort near the opposite play uh, opposite team's end zone or or a pick six or something and not expect the offense to do anything and just to ride the coattails of the defense and that that can't happen anymore pat Shermer on i on his questionable call on that flea flicker I don't know why the fuck he would even try attempt something like that, but that was just a bad call. Uh, Philip Lindsay getting hurt and being taken out of the game with a concussion. They, I was starting to see that one-two punch I was talking about. The only thing is, is that I see Philip Lindsay getting more carries than than Melvin Gordon, and. I think that should change. I think that they should be a little bit more fair share because I love Philip Lindsay. I love what he can do. I love that he puts his heart and and emotion into this game. But unfortunately, when Lindsay pushes himself too hard, he gets hurt. And it does this team no good if Philip Lindsay hurts his toe, if Philip Lindsay gets a concussion, if Philip Lindsay hurts his wrist and you know he's sidelined. <clears throat> because that just puts more pressure on Melvin Gordon. And Broncos fans already want that man out of Denver. So they have to, the Shermer has to find a way where he can balance them both and, you know, not push one more than the other. The Drew Locke, his, 
his ability to he has to work better on his ability to read defenses and notice when blitzes are coming and try not to throw off of his back foot because on that for, on that pick six to Sorensen he obviously threw off his back foot he wasn't ready for the play I would much rather Drew Locke get sacked than for him to throw an, an errant ball and you know risk it getting picked and, and taken back because even at least if you get sacked you give Sam Martin a chance to kick the ball back and you know, you, you basically give special teams a, a, ch- a chance to, you know, re- retrieve the ball somehow, even if they don't. But at least you push the ball back and you give your defense room to work. But the second one, I can't even really blame that on Drew Locke that much. Although he did throw it a little bit behind KJ Hamler, but Hamler tried to catch the ball. The ball went up in the air, bobbled, and defender caught it. So, unfortunately, that's it's it's a rookie mistake and it's it's a hamler hamler's a guy who hasn't really been on the field all that much because of a lingering hamstring injury so you know take that for what for what it is but this offense has to turn it around and i'm i'm not even going to go into the numbers because the numbers are just dreadful especially if you watch that game so unlike most of the previous Bronco breakdowns where we talk about stats and, and whatever, I don't think the Broncos offense stats are even worth mentioning it because aside from the touchdown that Julak got in the, was it the first or second drive and the, the touchdown that Melvin Gordon got uh, in garbage time, those were probably the only two highlights of this offense and a couple of good catches that Julak made um, while during the game. Or passes, I should say. But, and another thing I want to mention is, you know, Noah Fant. I I appreciate, I really do, I appreciate that man going out there and, you know, trying to help a, a, a struggling offense. But you can obviously tell that Noah Fant was not 100%. And while I do appreciate his effort and his dedication to this team, if he's not 100%, I don't think he should be out there because he could be pushing pushing <laughs> he could be pushing an injury even farther than what could be minimal and make it something a lot worse. You know, he he was able to fend off the serious injury bug when he got hurt a couple weeks ago with a uh, it was just a sprain and in this game you can obviously tell that he he's not 100%. So I know in his presser he said that you know it was his choice to go out there and play, which I, again I respect, I admire. But at the same time, if you're pushing yourself and you're not playing at 100% like you normally would, I don't think it's worth the, the risk to put you out there. And if you do get hurt, seriously hurt, and then you're out for the season, and you know you get added to the list of already mounting Broncos injuries, you'll end up hurting the team more than you do help so i do like the strides that have been made with alberto i still don't have faith in, in nick venet or I, I can't even say jake butt now because i think jake butt was a healthy scratch if i'm not mistaken for this game so i i think that we maybe i don't know maybe we get a, a tight end somewhere to and you know cut our losses with with venet because it, it it, it, it's just it's not working it's not working and 
the the fact that you you have a guy like Noah Fant who's trying to help but pushing himself should speak volumes for just how much that man loves the game and he wants to help turn this team around. So I, I respect that. I really do. Um, the the O line the O line actually held up pretty good. I mean they did give up a, a was it like two sacks maybe three, but from previous games they they weren't beat at the at the line of scrimmage as as much as they've been the last couple of, of games. We had another great showing by uh, Garrett Bowles. Uh, Dotson played a pretty good game, especially you know when he had a tough matchup against Chris Jones and and Frank Clark. But the this is a, a this is an offense that people have to remember is still young. You know, as much as I would like to sit here and tell you like, oh yeah, Drew Lock's gonna throw for five touchdowns next week against the Chargers, and you know it's gonna be, uh, you know, sunshine and rainbows going forward. It's it's like no man, it, it, that's not how it that's not how it works in the NFL. Most rookie quarterbacks in their starting season struggle, you know, and some in their second year, you know, pick up in strides, just like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson did. And other quarterbacks, they struggle in their second year, and it takes them a little bit longer for them to pick up their stride. But my whole thing is, with these people that call to, you know, fire John Elway and fire Shermer and fire Fangio and and all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure I said this, if not in the previous podcast, in the podcast before. They need to stop that shit because it's it's not going to happen. They're not going to fire Vic Fangio at all. Um, the only way, and uh, I heard this in a podcast yesterday, they fire Vic Fangio is if the Broncos lose every single game from now to the end of the season and they finish 2-14. and 14. That's the only way they'll fire Vic Fangio. But I don't see this team losing that many games going that bad and you know being a, a, a somewhat of a runner for that top first pick in next year's draft Vic Fangio unfortunately got dealt a hand of serious injuries you know COVID related uh, turnarounds and, and switches and, and all this shit so I, I think he, he's gonna be okay he'll be safe for one more year now next year it's a whole different story if we're in this exact same predicament next year then for, for every single Denver game Denver game loss, the fire under Vic, Fan, Vic Fangio's seat is going to get turned up a little bit and he's going to start feeling it. But as far as this year, he's he's gonna be, he's not going to be on the hot seat. Unless, like I said, he loses every single game and the Broncos just play like shit. That's the only way. But I again, division games are always harder to win than any other games. So, especially against the Super Bowl defending champions... Uh, but I do hope that when we face them again in Kansas City, in a, well, I think in a, in a month, that it's a whole different story. That you know the, the offense gets a little bit more refined and more in tune. The def- I hope the defense is still just as you know healthy and dangerous as they were in this past game. But we just have to. My plea out to Broncos country is just give this team more time. Before you start going out and and I think people just do it just to I don't know I don't even know if it's trolling, but if you're a, a Broncos fan of this team and your first instinct is to go out and say fire 
aside for McMahon is the only person that I'll give Broncos country credit for firing because I'm tired of that guy and his crappy uh, way of running the special teams. But aside from Tom McMahon, Shermer's in his first year and we haven't really been able to see what Shermer can do. We were only seven games in. He still has a whole season ahead of him. Well, like maybe close to half a season by now, but we have to be patient and I know it sucks and I know from what we saw you I I don't blame you for wanting to call that man's head uh, onto the table to be cut off from the team but you have to give that man time before you can criticize him give him till the end of the season and let's see if if the if hiring Shermer was a good choice or a bad choice and then John Elway has to figure out what's he want to do. Does he want to replace another offensive coordinator and bring in another offensive coordinator and then have Drew Locke learn an entire new playbook all over again and, you know, basically uh, start from scratch? And that's something that fans have to realize is that when you replace coordinators or coaching staff, whatever was done or learned or, or managed before in a positive way, it's automatically erased because it's a whole new system that the team has to learn or that that aspect of the team has to learn so everything that Skangs had going for this offense last year when Shermer came in went out the window that's why they got rid of uh, Janovich because Janovich doesn't fit in the type of scheme that Pat Shermer runs and I I'm I'm I'm, I love Andy Janovich I'm glad he's doing good in in Cleveland and I, I still wish he was a Bronco to be honest with you I'm not even gonna front, and but that's just that's just the, the that's just the hand that that was dealt to to Broncos country. Unfortunately, you have to deal with it. But in dealing with it, doesn't necessarily mean that you, as a fan, have to always call out for somebody to be fired. You know, where is the patience in Broncos country? I get the fact that this isn't the standard that you know the Broncos have for themselves especially being just five years removed from a world championship win. But it's one thing to be frustrated, but it's also another thing to be, uh, I want to say confident. (laughs) And by that, I I don't mean confident. Like, like Gary Bowles said uh, in a, in a statement that, you know, the Broncos were quote unquote neck and neck with the chiefs. And while I, while I do admire your confidence, big guy, we have to kind of stay within reality because if you watch that game, defensively, we're better than the Chiefs, I'll say. But offensively, it's, no, not even close, man. Not even special teams is close. So, you know, out of those three, one out of three, it's it, it leaves a lot to be imagined. And it kind of sucks knowing that the Chiefs can beat you without Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and, and, and the, any of the all any of the offense having needing to be exceptional on their game day, and you could still lose. And it 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 sucks that the Broncos had to be the team that had to be used as that as that as that um, I was gonna say starter point, but as as that example, let's let's just say because that's pretty much the headline that I've been seeing. In on NFL.com and around different analyst videos and uh, podcasts and stuff. So we we don't want to be that 
team that you know that dummy that's being used to by the defending champs to to go out there and i was really hoping that they could do it especially since we saw that the raiders went out there and beat the the champs and gave them their first loss of the season and to me that gave me hope because i was thinking you know if the raiders can go out there and beat kansas city then the broncos can for sure go out there and beat kansas city and unfortunately that didn't happen this time but i'm crossing my fingers and i'm asking everybody that goes on social media and uh, calls for a new quarterback or a new head coach or or a new offensive coordinator to you know my plea to you is to just be patient and i'm pretty sure that's going to be a growing thing that you'll hear not just in this uh, episode but you're probably going to hear it for the rest of the season me saying is you have to be patient on this offense is not going to go from bad to worse like night and day it's going to take time we have to do what we have to make do with what we have we have to make sure that drew lock is you know coming together in a format that benefits everyone around him and by that i mean that you know he starts to learn the offense he, he starts to learn how to audible he starts to learn how to uh, you know, read defenses and stuff. Basically, do what I can't do when I play Madden, because I can't audible for shit. And every time I do, I always end up, you know, overthrowing, or I throw a pick, or it goes the wrong way, or I push the wrong button. And uh, that's that's just watch Drew Lock play. <laughs> that's kind of like what I, I felt like I was playing as Drew Lock, because I'm telling you, it was almost scary. It was almost like fucking identical (laughs) so but anyway be patient broncos country let's see what drew lock can do in terms of improving himself and let's you know give support him and get behind him and the same thing with Shermer. let's give them time to develop that's i know that's asking for a lot but you know let's keep the trolling to a minimum and let's turn that trolling into support for this team and let's hope for the best and That's going to be it for the offense. Now for the defense, which played a whole lot better game, we're going to talk about, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after these kind words. And we're back. If you're just joining us, we just previously talked about the offense and the struggles that they had over the last couple of uh i was gonna say quarters over the last game (laughs) but i i there's a there's a giant room it's like a warehouse empty warehouse room of improvement on that offense that that can be done but let's talk about the highlight of of actually it's more like a silver lining which was the defense you know malik reed and bradley chubb these guys are starting to come together and man oh man did they put out a great uh show of tape out there against Patrick Mahomes and they got to him three times that defensive line did the only thing that sucks is you know we lost Mike Purcell to uh, a foot injury I forgot what it was called so unfortunately he's out for the season and that's gonna leave an interesting uh hole or decision for John Elway in terms of you know should the Broncos look for a free agent out there and free agent nose tackle 
I know they still haven't played uh, their the one that they drafted. I think his name is a Jim. A Jim. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but I know I saw his name floating around as a possible uh, replacement. Or they can bring back uh, Timmy Jernigan, who they just cut. Although I don't know if he can play nose. I know he's a defensive tackle, but uh, if he can play nose, that that would be great. But uh, aside from from that injury, we we finally saw a step up from the the defense, and it was great to see because coming out of that New England game, a lot of fans and or analysts, I should say, were pretty much like, oh, you know, it's, it's New England. They, you know, they're playing terrible. That's why the Broncos look so good. And uh, aside from that, the defense went out there and they punished Cam Newton, even though Cam Newton was playing terrible. So the this defense is, they're starting to come together. They're starting to, you know, vibe. And unfortunately, the injury bug keeps sticking its fucking head in. And, you know, and if, it, if they're not hurting our players, they're taking them down with season-ending injuries. So hopefully whoever they get to replace uh, Purcell can live up to the, the standard that he had on this defense and the you know keep putting out that output that that Purcell did being out there on the field. Uh, we did see some pretty good. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, well, it kind of teeters on average if you really want to be you know technical about it. Because uh, Kareem Jackson did have that miss, was it? Yeah, it was Kareem Jackson on that uh, on that defense on what was supposed to be a defensive stop against uh, you know Edwards Eclair and who those whoever else tried to tackle him and just literally watched him run for uh, what was it like five six yard touchdown. So that was probably aside from uh, Justin Simmons missing uh, the the tackle on Hill and just watching him one hand his way into the end zone. Uh, aside, those were probably the, the two worst plays the defense had all game. So, well, and then I don't really count the last one on Chad Henning because it was in garbage time and it's the, the defense had pretty much just, I didn't want to say given up, but the game was already out of, out of reach. The offense had, had stunk it up and it's it, it was just it, it was it was pretty much out of out of out of reach but they did have one forced fumble on the fullback uh on kansas city i forget the name of the guy's name but it was a great punch of the ball and you know the broncos defense recovered and the offense was able to turn it into a, a touchdown which was great so th- this defense they're they're legit, and they and even after this this uh, blowout loss to the Chiefs, they still at least they still got the credit that they deserved, and to me that's that's fantastic because they honestly do deserve it. You know Bryce Callahan and uh, AJ Bouye played really good cornerback football. They didn't give up any big plays, and they can probably thank the snowy conditions for that. Um, but one thing I will address, and it's something that I still can't wrap my head around. And I've heard a whole bunch of other people's personal opinions about the matter. Is why, why did they let Devontae Bosby go? Why did they cut him? What does he have that, uh, 
what is that other guy's name? Uh, Harris or S.A. Bassey have that that uh, that Bosby doesn't have. What is it about those two guys that makes the coaching staff say these two guys are better than what Devontae Bosby has done for the Broncos since his half season last year and what he's done this year? I I just don't I just don't get it. I honestly don't. I think Bosby played really, really good football the, the, these last couple of games he was with the Broncos. And, you know, he obviously had a mishap here and there. But that's that's with any cornerback. Not every cornerback is going to have a great fucking game. So the fact that they cut him and th- I guess they were hoping that he would circuit around the waiver wire before and hopefully go back to the Broncos practice squad and just sit there until another cornerback I hurt. And unfortunately, that didn't happen because former coach, Broncos coach Vance Joseph, claimed him off of wires for the Cardinals uh, practice squad. So now Devontae Bosby, for the minute, is a Cardinal. And that, to me, makes no fucking sense. And it, it it's really going to hurt this team if a, if a cornerback goes down because I, you know, Ojemudia, he's coming along pretty good, but there's only so much he can do and he's still learning so he's gonna make mistakes eventually and I just don't think that S.A. Bassey has done enough where you can say yeah he can be a good hold down corner until hopefully whatever the the whoever he's replacing they're not out long it's not like a season ending injury he hasn't Bassey hasn't shown that and neither has I forget the name of the other quarterback. That a cornerback. That's how much. That's how much I. It, it it pisses me the fuck off, knowing that we had a really good, if even if he wasn't a starter, a really good backup cornerback, and the Broncos let him go. They they just cut him, and it makes no fucking sense. I don't really buy what uh, some people. Uh, I don't even know if it's actually legit saying that, you know, oh, he, he struggled in, in certain coverages or he wasn't really playing up to his strengths in a Vic Fangio defense. I'm, I'm not buying that. I'm honestly not because I think that man did more than enough to earn a spot on this on this roster. And the fact that two other guys got a, a I, don't, I don't even know if it's privilege, but the fact that they got a spot over him and only one of them has actually shown played on the field and the other one is still uh, who was it? I don't know if it's Duke Dawson or I think his last name is Harris yeah his name is Harris I don't know if it's Devontae Harris or Damian Harris or some shit it's, I know it's Harris but it's it just it pisses me off because one thing that the Broncos need is, is depth and they can't always keep relying that especially with the injury bug going around as as much as it has this season claiming all of the big name players that it has it's it's you can't take that chance you you honestly can especially if this team makes it you know make makes a turnaround and you know they secure a wild card spot and you know get into the playoffs and they try to make a legitimate push for for a contention run but uh, it, it really pissed me off when I got that notification, you know, saying that Devontae Bosby got picked up by the Golden. Uh, I 
<laughs> I mean, I've never been mad at Vic Fangio over over anything, not even over week one and about him not using his fucking timeout. I wasn't even mad about that, to be honest with you, because I'm like, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's a fucked up moment. You know, what are you going to do? But, and the fact that I didn't get mad over that, but I got mad over this. <laughs> oh, shit. Even I can't figure out why. But anyway, the defense played really great football. And they might be the only defense who plays that good against Patrick Mahomes. And that's almost saying better than what the Raiders did. And the Raiders actually picked off Mahomes in in their game. So, <clears throat> and I think that our team played better than that. Well, the defense. Let me rephrase that. The defense played better. Not the entire team as a whole. But uh, our, our safeties just... Uh, it's it, it's almost thing made you think, or makes you think, I should say, that maybe John Elway was onto something when he didn't give Justin Simmons a a big fat contract. You know, Kareem Jackson he hasn't shown to be that electric player that he was last season. Uh, hopefully he he'll turn it around as we come around the the half of the season, and he improves his gameplay. But it's and since this is the last week of the trade deadline, and if by for some reason John Elway traded away J, Justin Simmons, I probably wouldn't be that mad. I you know and don't get me wrong, I, I like Simmons, but unfortunately we were all you know rooting for him and supporting him in the offseason and you know mad that John Elway didn't give him a big contract, but. And, you know, seven weeks into the season, we haven't really seen any, you know, fantastic play to for us to support John, him and, you know, basically go on Twitter and tell John Elway, hey, look, man, this guy's playing lights out ball. You know, he's, you know, making plays and picking passes and you know, he's doing all this good shit. You know, pay the man. If anything, that honor has been won by Shelby Harris. Now, the only thing Shelby Harris I did that I didn't like was that one-on-one confrontation he had with Vic Fangio but one thing you have to understand and I get it a a football team is a lot like a family you know they're gonna argue there's gonna be moments just like you know I argue with my family sometimes and I argue with my best friend and that's just that's just that's what family does you guys argue and whether you want to admit it or not it just happens It's, it's natural what are you gonna do but and it's not so much about what you argue about; it's how you get over the argument that that matters. So, you know, they they did argue. I'm pretty sure it was about you know Vic getting angry that uh, Shelby Harris drew up an unsportsmanlike, and you know Shelby just being frustrated for the way the team was playing. But according to sources, they you know hashed it out and you know basically saying, hey, that's you know that's what you do when your family you argue, and <laughs> I agree with him. I honestly do. So, and there's that. And me, basically, as a fan, I was more frustrated than anything just really watching this this football game because I feel that there is so much room for improvement on, on the offense, but it almost felt like nobody was, was trying to take it seriously. And, you know, the turnovers, the, the special teams and... And all this shit just happening all at once, it just kind of made you want to 
I don't even know if you want to say cry, but let's let's go with yell. <laughs> it almost made you want to yell or scream at your TV. Or if you had a direct contact to John Elway, you know, pick up your phone and yell at him like, what the fuck are you guys doing down there? What is it snowing a lot harder in Denver than the camera shows? Is somebody injured or, you know, what the, what the fuck? And it's, it, it, it sucks. And hopefully when we do find a way out of this trench, I'm going to call it a trench or a hole or whatever you want to um, compare it to. I do hope that everything stays intact because what usually happens for some teams is when one side, it's kind of like a seesaw. When one side gets better, the other side of the ball suffers. So when one team gets a great offense, then, you know, the defense struggles or the defense is not as good. So hopefully we can find that balance where both the defense is good or great and the offense is good or great. And if we can both keep it at great, hey, fan-fucking-tastic. But this was a game, and I know I keep repeating myself, but this was a game that even though the Broncos weren't supposed to win, if that offense could have pulled out an upset and we could have went into this week going three and uh was it three and yeah, three and three. And basically telling, hey, don't write us out yet. We're still in the run. Uh maybe not so much for, you know, division, but you know, we're we're coming for that wild card. At two and four, it just makes it that much harder for people to take Denver seriously. And, you know, aside from power rankings and Denver falling two to five spots from a couple of ones that I read. And there was one analyst who basically almost said, like, it's time to question whether John Elway got uh, his pick about Drew Locke wrong. And when I read that. That sentence, I basically, like, I looked at my hand and I was like, well, before Locke, you had Joe Flacco, you had Case Keenum, you had Paxton Lynch, and you had Trevor Simeon, and then you had Brock Osweiler. So, there were five other guys before Drew Locke came along, and I'm not even counting Brandon Allen, because Brandon Allen was more of a backup than a starter. And so, you had five other guys that John Elway thought were was the one. Especially Brock Osweiler, who, let's not forget, folks, in the 2016, John Elway was about to hand Brock Osweiler $70 million to stay and play in Denver and lead the Super Bowl team to, or try to lead the Super Bowl winning Broncos to another championship. And unfortunately, Houston had two more million and Osweiler went that way. Plus, he had a beef with John Elway. So that went that way. So out of those five quarterbacks, they actually, aside from Case Keenum, because Case Keenum is, he's just basically a wanderer. You know, he, he, he had a really good season with the Vikings in 2017. And, you know, unfortunately he ran into Philly, but he, then he came to Denver in 2018 and, you know, we were hoping to get, that Case Keenum that only threw four interceptions all season, but then he ended up throwing just four interceptions in what two three games, <laughs> and then for some reason 
John Elway tried to go back to, you know, Peyton Manning plan 2.0 and bringing in Joe Flacco, former Super Bowl MVP. But it's like every time Joe Flacco snaps the ball, his feet are chained to the ground and he can't run. He can't scrimmage. He can't. I mean, if he doesn't have time to throw, he'll he'll just get hit. <laughs> and, you know, the game against Kansas City at home in Denver last year is is proof of that. You know, Paxton Lynch, unfortunately, came out to be a bust. Trevor Simeon showed flashes here and there, but unfortunately, he wasn't the, the answer that Denver wanted. And, you know, Brock Osweiler came and went. You know, he was a Brown, then he was a Texan. And I forgot what he finished out. Oh, then he was a, a, a Dolphin at Miami. So... He wandered the NFL desert after winning a, a championship. So none of those guys were the answer. But the thing that those guys have in common is that they were given time to play. The only exception to that were the, I guess you could say that the only two exceptions to that were Paxton Lynch and Joe Flacco. Because Joe Flacco didn't play an entire season as a starter last year because he got quote unquote hurt. But even before he got hurt, he was playing like fucking shit. And Paxton Lynch, unfortunately, (laughs) he never got a whole start as an NFL quarterback either. But he never really showed any progress or any signs that he could play better than Paxton Simeon. Paxton Simeon. Trevor Simeon. The, you know, the guy he was uh, fighting a job for a job for. And... So, aside from those two guys, you know, Case Keenum got a whole season. Trevor Simeon got most of a whole season. Uh, And Brock Osweiler, I think Brock Osweiler, now that I think about it, I don't think Brock played an entire season. He mostly was the backup quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to to look back into that. But I don't think Brock actually played an entire season. I think he played more in 2015 as the the backup to Peyton Manning than he did when he came back with the Broncos in 26 was it 2016 no, I think it was 2018 yeah it was one of those years but he never actually played an entire season as uh as a Bronco came in more as a backup role type of thing I know his biggest win when he came back with the Broncos was against the Colts I remember that game but anyway Drew Locke, and I know I took a long moment of silence, but Drew Locke just needs time. He needs time to make make a tape of a whole season and show that he can be that guy. He's already made a promise that he can improve and that he will be better. We have to give him that time. We have to give Shermer time to try to turn this offense around and say, hey, you know, don't fire my ass after one season yet because what I'm trying to impose for Broncos country is that we need to stop this rotating of of not just players but staff because if you want to get a groove going, you have to try to 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 work with what you got and try to make a tape out of it. Now, if if the again if the Broncos go out and they the offense plays like shit all fucking season and you know they don't win another game then okay i agree get rid of Shermer. 
But as bad as Shermer's play calling has been, there he has shown flashes. So we just have to see if he can turn his play calling around, if Drew Locke can stick to his word and, you know, improve and play better football and, you know, stop throwing interceptions and stop throwing off of his back foot. And I know I keep repeating. I'm, I'm no, I know you're probably thinking I've already said that. And, but unfortunately, because I keep seeing every time I get on Facebook, every time I get on Twitter, I keep seeing the exact same fucking thing from Broncos fans. Fire Drew Locke, bench Drew Locke. Trade Drew Lock. Drew Lock's not the guy. Drew Lock this. Drew Lock that. And it's just, it's just for people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And that, to me, as a diehard Broncos fan, pisses me off because I just don't feel like I have the, I have the energy, but I almost feel I don't want to waste my time going to every single post I see that shit in and saying, "No, you're an idiot. You're wrong. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut the fuck up." But. Is it's like okay, that's your opinion, dude. But why do you feel that way? Oh, it's because look at the way he played. Well, that's that's not a reason enough for you to say some shit like that. You know, Drew Locke is he's still he's still a young guy. This whole offense is young. They're still learning. He doesn't have his number one wide receiver. He has a new offensive coordinator, and he's trying to learn how to play under that guy's uh, play calling standards over what he was almost look like what he almost had learned down under uh, Rich Cangarello. Did you think about that? Uh, no. Okay then. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's just, it's that simple. But unfortunately, it can be repetitive if I have that argument with every single person. And I don't really like to argue with, especially Broncos fans, because that's why we're called Broncos country. We should all be united. It's one thing to have a, a, a difference of opinion. That's fine. But if you're going to you know, differentiate your opinion over somebody else, at least be ready to explain why you feel that way and not just go off based of what your eyes saw. And then your best idea is to scrap a a quarterback and go back into finding, trying to find another quarterback or trying to find another offensive coordinator and just more than likely possibly being even way worse than we are now. So you can go back on social media and say, Hey, maybe we should have kept Drew Locke. Hey, maybe we should have kept, Uh, Pat Shermer so you know instead of always looking for somebody to blame instead of looking at the tip of the finger look at the person who's pointing instead and start with them like hey Julak you fucked up you need to work on you know your this 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 and this okay that's on me I'm gonna work on it cool you got time to improve show us that you can same thing with Shermer Shermer your play calling fucking sucks you need to learn how to work better with what you got okay i'll improve good boom and it's it's just that simple and if julak doesn't improve at the end of the season then we can sit and have this discussion about hey well you know maybe maybe julak isn't the guy that we thought he was Shermer, maybe pat Shermer's not the offensive coordinator that the coaching staff had in mind and Is it worth the risk of going with another offensive coordinator and having to restructure the entire offense and, you know, having this almost possibly having this exact same conversation next year because the offense isn't, quote, clicking or gelling or whatever you want to think? See, there's always a setback. So we have to keep in mind that when you make changes to the offense, 
especially if the offense, let's say, starts to gel towards the end of the season, just like last season, do you really want to go and fuck with that and, you know, restructure that and then so we can have maybe even be in this same predicament next year? Or do we just say, hey, look, there were some flashes. Let's see what we got going into next year. So um, this was more of a venting episode than it was a Bronco breakdown. But, uh, you know, in, in closing, let me just say Broncos country, you know, breathe. Do whatever it is that you do to relax yourself, to calm yourself. Unfortunately, the Broncos are going to have a bad game. And this was bad multiplied times 100. It was terrible. But at least it's out of the way. At least it's we have what we know the team can improve upon. And hopefully we can take that to improve. Because we got the Chargers coming up next, and it's another division game, and it's a game the Broncos have to win if they want to stay in the conversation of, hey, don't write us out just yet. Otherwise, we could be talking about, you know, GG 2020 season come next episode. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in and hearing me vent and talk about the Denver Broncos. I do appreciate all the views. I don't even know if you want to call them views. Um, all the listeners, let's just say, whether you're listening on Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, wherever, how far ever this podcast reaches out, you know, thank you guys for listening. As always, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at A6Foot10Mexican. That's A, the number 6, FT10, the word Mexican. Uh, you can, if you want to email me questions, ideas, suggestions for the show, uh, you can email me at broncostalk2020 at gmail.com. If you're on Anchor and you want to be a supporter of the show, uh, you know, I'd be more than more than happy to have your support on here. But if anything, I'm just happy you guys come in and listen to me uh, talk about the Broncos every single day. Well, not every single day, every single week. Uh, and as always, I'm also part of the Mile High Roundtable podcast. We go live every Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Time. Uh, and I'm in Chicago. So, yeah. And I sit down and talk about the Broncos with my friends Glenn, Christy, and Mike. All four of us are probably going to have a box of tissues next to <laughs> next to our cameras or desks or whatever in this episode because it's See, the tissues or a baseball bat to hit something with to just let out the, the vent and the stress. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, come catch us. Watch the, the podcast. Be a part of the show. Uh, uh, but other than that, thanks again, guys, for coming. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I will talk to you later, citizens and listeners of Broncos Country. <laughs>